Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Twisted Stitch Society, written by Joanne Keeter. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Piper makes a gruesome discovery while remodeling the old farmhouse. The second location of their bakery must open in a month or risk losing all of their new customers. Can she solve this mystery in time? Meanwhile, Laney is the victim of a serious accident in the woods. She's certain it wasn't an accident at all and is determined to find the perpetrators. Will she realize they're right under her nose before it's too late? When these two mysteries collide, Laney and Piper will have to make difficult choices and risk losing the people they love. Don't miss this exciting fifth book in the Piney Falls series. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from the Twisted Stitch Society. Chapter 1. Laney And then I cartwheeled down the hill. It only took about... Twelve, to reach the bottom. November Bean, this is the tallest tale you've ever told. Cosmo Hill adjusts the backpack on his muscular back and shakes his head. I don't think anybody at our age does cartwheels going down a hill. At least, not on purpose. Even you have to realize, that sounds ridiculous. November puts her hands on her narrow hips and stops in the pathway. I can do cartwheels, Cosmo Hill. I promise you. I would do one right now, if I hadn't had a big lunch. You don't want to see cheesy sausage and kale wasted all over the gorgeous forest floor, do you? I stop as well, happy for a break from the strenuous hike. November... Cause, I glance at one beloved face and then the other. You two are the most important people in my life. Removing the water bottle from my backpack, I savor a gloriously long drink. Actually, two of the three most important people in my life, including our daughter. Let's call it a draw. Them, one day we'll watch you cartwheel down Flanagan Mountain while Cosmo documents the entire process. I promise. Just give me advance notice so I can ask the Piney Falls EMS team to wait at the bottom. Will that make you happy? So, let's say you can do a cartwheel, Cosmo continues, oblivious to my words. Would this alleged cartwheel include any kind of moaning or barking or, let's say, even howling? That I'd pay to see. I sigh loud and dramatically. Remember why we came out here? We were planning to discuss our housewarming party. I had the idea that getting you both exercising while we discussed it 
might eliminate this kind of back and forth. Laney, it was totally inappropriate for you to wait this long for a welcome-to-our-new-home home party, November scolds. This is more like a welcome-to-our-broken-in-home-and-who-cares party. Now that you've lived in your mountainside paradise for eight months, people will not be that excited. There is much more interesting gossip in town than the Anders Hills Zizzes. All right, I concede. Call it whatever you want, Femme. My father's death hit me harder than I'd expected. The murderous sister I didn't know about was the cherry on top of the sorrow Sunday. I take a deep breath. Thanks to my wonderful Piney Falls family, I've put that darkness behind me and I'm ready to move forward. Let's make this party a really enjoyable evening. I even invited Gladys Petrie's entire extended family. My eyes dart to Cosmo. Yes, I'm planning for large appetites. Did you remember to include all of Boise's kids, both boys and the daughter? November asks while pulling a ladybug from her frizzy head and encouraging it to fly away. Our local police chief, my octogenarian friend Gladys's son-in-law, always wants his kids included in social engagements. It was strange to me after moving from Chicago where neighbors barely knew each other's last name. On the list, Vem, your job is to make sure we've got enough tables. I rented 20, but maybe we need more? I never know who's going to show up and who won't. Boise actually has three sons, Vem replies. His youngest is the black sheep. I remember seeing him around town when he was a kid. He stood out from the rest of the family because he was a little odd. Poor guy, he's probably hidden away in some cave. Cosmo brushes tiny twigs that routinely fall out of the giant pine trees from his salt and pepper hair. He unbuttons the first button on his red and black shirt and scoops the rest of the offending bits onto the ground. His careful little gestures still make me warm inside. When he notices my adoring gaze, he frowns. What? Did I miss something? Oh, I've got a great idea. I'll volunteer to be the shoe monitor. November puts her hand in the air with enthusiasm. Anyone who comes in the house with shoes on will face the branch blaster. Just finished carving it out of a nice elm wood. I can shoot goat dung up to 40 feet. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with your new weapon-making hobby. You could really hurt someone. We start moving again, trudging up the steep path toward the top of the hill where our cabin sits in a lovely meadow. The heat and my inability to keep up with my incredibly fit husband and best friend 
caused me to stop again after we've only gone one quarter of a mile. I'm overheated today, I say, clasping my hands together on top of my blonde ponytail. There isn't a breeze in the forest, and we're long past the actual piney falls, which provided a welcome spritz of moisture on our faces. I can tell my companions are ready to move again, so I search my mind for some small talk to keep us in place a few minutes longer. Cause, what about the new baker you hired? Will she be as good as Piper? Nobody is going to be as perfect as our daughter, he beams. With Piper organizing cosmic bakes at the farm location, she'll have to suffice. Ellie Fine comes with bakery experience, so I didn't ask any more questions. We scheduled orders next month, and the remodel work isn't even finished yet. Poor Piper's up to her eyeballs and things to do, so Ellie will have to pick up the slack. What was it that brought her to town? There's usually a reason folks end up here. She came to see the coast earlier this year, and she fell in love with the place. That usually works out to our advantage. He winks at me, referring to my arrival in Piney Falls several years ago. I planned an extended vacation from Chicago, but never left. Seems nice enough, and Piper liked her as well. She starts tomorrow. I will need a sniff of her before offering my approval. One of November Bean's many talents is the ability to smell a person's deceit. Much to my dismay, she's perfected this skill recently by practicing on customers at Cosmic Cakes and Antiquary. It hasn't done anything to improve her relationship with Cosmo. My body has rested sufficiently, and I'm ready to continue on, so I nod to Kaz in November to follow. When we reach the top of the mountain, the trees part to reveal a beautiful meadow. The sun dances on the raindrops from a midday shower, making for a dazzling display on multicolored wildflowers and greens in the field. I promised myself I'd never take this beauty for granted, I whisper. Do you remember our first hike together? To the top of Piney Falls? Cosmo asks, grabbing my hand. I proposed to you, and you looked as if you were going to be sick. I wasn't used to you or this way of life and was afraid to let myself fall in love. But now, I'm so glad I did. I reach up and kiss the most handsome man in the world. The Anders Hill Hill couple will kindly remember we are in public. It's bad enough when the teenagers slobber all over each other, but you two are old enough to know better. Vem shadows her eyes with one hand. One of my Moaning for Mondays students told me the wild animals have been active lately. I'd love to try my new howl and see if they respond. Who's going to protect us if these wild animals go crazy at the sound of your grunting? Cosmo asks, motioning for us to keep walking. I shall stand right over... There! 
in the most perfect spot in the middle of the wildflowers to practice my moan. November gestures to a spot only visible in her mind. Go for it, I encourage. Cos and I will wait in our most perfect spot. Cosmo finds the perfect spot where the long grass has been flattened. He drops his jacket and encourages me to sit on it. We want a good view of the show. How long do you think this will take? I'm sure it won't be long. She only has six howls. She can't do them more than twice or it brings bad juju. My husband looks at me, incredulous. Are you hearing yourself? Vem's voice echoes through the meadow. She says again. She turns around and looks at us for approval. Kaz gives her the thumbs up and I clap my hands together. She begins her second howl. There's a sharp cracking behind us, and we both jump up. What was that? I ask in my least panicked, panicky voice. I don't know, Kaz replies calmly. Hand me a stick and I'll go check. I search around my feet and choose the most sturdy-looking piece of wood. Here, I say, passing it to Cosmo. Please be careful. If you're eaten by something wild, the chances are I won't be able to help you, and Vem will most likely do some ritual, and by that time you'll be dead. I don't plan on dying today. He blows me a kiss as he turns away. I watch as my brave husband tromps confidently into the woods. A fearless woman would follow him. I am not that woman. Vem continues her howling, oblivious to our concerns. Cause? I call. There's no response. Many irrational thoughts swirl around in my head. What if Piper finally got the father she longed for and deserved, and he dies in the woods while I sit here, doing nothing? There are two options. Remain seated and reproduce every horror movie I've ever seen. Or get up and investigate. Vem is still howling and probably won't miss me anyway. I walk tentatively into the thick wooded area, looking for cause or a carcass. I shudder as I think about the gruesome possibilities of the latter. There is a small branch at my feet that will serve as my own feeble weapon, should I need one. When I bend down to pick it up, I stand slowly, sure there is something lurking behind me. Turning my head sharply, the only thing visible is a rabbit chewing furiously on plump blades of grass. The more I wander, the more I realize I may not know my way back. These trees all look the same, and I have never been out in this part of the woods by myself. Cause? I call again. Nothing. Desperation is setting in when I feel something on my back. I turn around quickly, brandishing the stick wildly in front of me. 
Jeez, Lainey, you could really hurt someone with that. Vem grabs my weapon before it strikes her and breaks it in two. I'm a little hurt that the two of you left me like that. You could have said something. Her frizzy hair and bright red glasses are a sight for sore eyes. There was a loud noise that Cosmo went to check out. It sounded like an animal. Maybe your howls actually attracted a cougar or a bear. Not likely. I've only found wolves respond to my call. Motioning for her to follow, we scour the endless pine trees, hoping he'll pop out from behind one. He's been gone for a while, and I don't see any sign of him. I'm getting really concerned. Fem's demeanor changes from happy-go-lucky to focused. This will require my extra senses. Before I can respond, she bends down close to the ground and begins sniffing while moaning softly. Only the most discriminating human knows can distinguish human from animal, she explains. Moaning helps open my nasal cavity so I can smell better. I believe in you, Vem, but it will be dark soon. Can we just look for cause? Laney, you can count on me. If he's in a million pieces, I'll go back and get my new turquoise wheelbarrow. I've been dying to use it. That's all I am to you? Just pieces in a wheelbarrow? We turn around and see Cosmo standing behind us, holding a brown shirt and a pair of jeans. I run to him and throw my arms around him in a bear hug. Cosmo Hill, you scared the daylights out of me. I thought maybe some wild animal had gotten you. Were you just off shopping in the woods? Whatever it was out here has left a trail. There are clothes all over. I also found signs of a hunt. Someone killed rabbits recently and left their cook fire still smoldering. We've got a careless traveler living in the woods. You're right, Vem. We can try to contact them to offer our help. Great idea, Lainey. Cosmo brushes the debris from my pants. As long as they aren't the crazy type who will look at us as a threat. As we walk further, we see more signs of human life. Broken branches, footprints, and matches. Litterers! Vem yells accusingly. I bend over and pick them up, placing them in my pocket. We don't know their circumstance, Vem, I remind her. Ever since the Great Depression, travelers have come through Piney Falls. Some stay for months, others are just passing through. We are almost to another clearing when we hear rustling and the crack of a branch. That doesn't sound like an animal, I state for my own benefit. If these are my last words, I want them to make sense. I know what that is. Vem attempts to shove Cosmo out of the way as a large branch comes crashing down on all three of us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from the Twisted Stitch Society. 
If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon, Audible, and iTunes.